The reading today is taken from Mark 10, chapters 17, verses 17 to 27, and it can be found on page 1014. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. This is the Gospel of Christ. It's a good one, wasn't it? Can't remember if the last one I did was numbers or not, but that was a bit better. Um, So, today we're talking about simplicity. We've been doing a series on the spiritual disciplines and now I've studied this for over a week I think I got the hardest one Um, but you might hear that from every single preacher on this series. Uh, So um, today we're talking about simplicity. Now before I start I have to acknowledge something so that you know that I'm not preaching to you from a place of having everything sorted in my life. Far from it. Um, I really struggle with this actually which seems to be the pattern, again, for every preacher that has to speak on one of these disciplines. I thought I had it sussed when they gave it, and I was quite excited. I was like, yes, I get to preach on simplicity. I have my own keep cup. I've got it sussed. I've got a water bottle that I refill rather than buying plastic bottles. Absolutely sorted simplicity. There's nothing more to it, no problem. And then I went to leave the house and choose a pair of shoes. Uh, Steve, can we start flicking through? This pair of shoes, uh, the pair of shoes that my fiancé Matt proposed to me with, you can't see it in this picture, but there's a ring attached to the shoelaces because I love shoes so much. Oh, isn't he good? Wait, a ring that he made. Let me just throw that in. He made that ring. So anyway, next photo. This is just some shoes that Matt also bought me, actually, um, in the snow. Wrong shoes for the snow, but never mind. Some nice shoes. My running shoes, DIY shoes, 
making Matt wear matching socks to my shoes. <laughs> Ordination shoes. Shoes that match the... Uh, that's at the railway station, I believe. <laughs> the Mind the Gap line. Hiking shoes. Shoes that I've already preached a sermon on. So this is good, isn't it? <laughs> is that the last one? I've got so many, I can't remember which ones i put on. So I have an issue, right? I have an issue with abundance. And simplicity directly challenges our desire for abundance and for affluence. It's a difficult subject to preach on in the Western world because I don't think we really get it. It's a difficult subject to think about because I don't think we want to think about it. Because where we have that challenge... We have a choice. And sometimes when we have a choice, rather than actively choosing, we're passive, thereby thereby making a choice by not doing anything. That becomes our choice. And so I think when we face into what is going on on our shoe racks, perhaps, in our bank balances, in the way that we hold and steward our things and our world as Gillian spoke about in the prayers. Simplicity comes into view. Now, this is a bit strange, but I'm going to go with it. If you would like to, and if you can, can you take off your shoes, please? Oh, if you have smelly feet, don't. If someone next to you hasn't taken their shoes off, don't assume they've got smelly feet. Just assume they don't want to take their shoes off. That's probably better for all of us. I hope you're this happy at home when you take your shoes off. What a lovely sense of joy in the room. If you you haven't taken your shoes off and you still like to participate, maybe just hold on to the sides of your chairs so that you can feel something. And you feel the floor under your feet. You had to make a choice then to take your shoes off and reconnect. I believe that simplicity is about reconnection. And if you remember something, remember that it's about reconnecting with our Father. It's about relationship with God. And we hear that in our scriptures. Simplicity starts with God in all his fullness. God is enough for us. God is enough for us. And yet, we don't see it. We can say it, much like the rich young man, but we don't actually live it. Consumerism currently has hold of all our desires. What we wear, what we look like, what we spend our money on, where we send our children to school. Consumerism has hold of us because we don't understand that it's the opposite of what God calls us to. And like I said, I am not one that's got this right. I just know what it looks like for it to be right. And that's relationship with God. Because we lack this centre, this centre which is God, this divine centre, we easily flip between things. We need the next thing. We won't be satisfied until we have something else. Perhaps it's our time. Sometimes it's not things, it's, it's our time. Perhaps it's our independence. 
We don't need God because we do it on our own. And I don't know how many of you have come here today and you feel busy. Does anyone here feel that they've had a busy week? Expected, to be honest, because that, again, is something in our culture that we strive for. We say it like a badge of honour. How was your week? Oh, I've been really busy this week. And then, oh, okay. Have you ever said, I've had a really relaxing week and I've done nothing? Anyone? Yeah, come on. (laughs) Embrace it. (laughs) It's tough, isn't it? To recognise those things that actually are the opposite of living simply. Now, what it is, is that this particular spiritual discipline looks not only at what we are doing with our lives, it looks at our hearts. And I, and I think that not all of them, though they have an outward um, outworking, no, they, though they have an outworking that we can see, you know, if you worship God more and more, people can see his light in your life. They can see your, the joy in your hearts. If you meditate, if you spend time in scripture, People can see it. But this one requires something different of our outward. This is our our inward lives reflected in how we are living. And it brings into sharp focus our relationship with God. We see this rich young man come to Jesus. And I'm pretty sure he was hoping the one thing Jesus wouldn't talk about was his mass of money. You get this sense that like, oh, he said the one thing that I don't want him to talk about. He goes to Jesus and he's like, hey, I am winning at life. I tick all the religious boxes. I've done all the things that you have said, commanded, that our ancestors have read on the tablets. The commandments, I have kept them all since I was a kid. Come on, I've been to church since I was a kid. I'm getting into heaven. He thinks he's got it sorted. And then Jesus says to him, yeah, you've done all of these things. You've done them all. Actually, you have done everything. Well done. But you lack something. Now imagine being the person who thinks they have everything. And then Jesus looks at you and he says, but you lack something. No, you've worked to have everything. I don't lack anything. And Jesus looks at him and he loves him. I love that bit because it says to me that it's okay that I've got a lot of shoes at the moment. This is a relationship and I'm working on it with Jesus. He looks at him and he loves him and he doesn't judge him, but he says, all your stuff, sell it. Sell it all. Which is great because... If I sold all my shoes on eBay, I'd make quite a lot of money because they're all branded and they're not that worn because I've got so many. So it means that when I wear them, they don't get that worn out. If anyone's a size four and needs some shoes, come and ask. (laughs) But then, and this is the moment I think God wants to say, speak into our lives today. He says, sell it. And then give it away. 
So maybe the rich young man was like, okay, I can sell it all. I have all this dollar in my pocket. I have all this money in my pocket. No problem, I can do that. That's just another tick box. And then God says, give it away. Then Jesus says, give it away. He has a choice to make. Simplicity is a choice. We don't have lives that are too busy. We don't have too much stuff. We aren't too independent because somebody else has done it to us. We've chosen it. And I find that, like, that makes me almost emotional to think that I am choosing a way of life that, as we see from this rich young man, is the opposite to following Jesus. Because what does he do? He walks away. He walks in the opposite direction. A life of simplicity is walking in close relationship with Jesus. It's saying that he is enough, that you don't need the next thing, that you don't need to prove yourself because he is enough. The rich young man has to make a choice and we have to make a choice. The rich young man also has to make a sacrifice. He then has to give it to the poor. I told a story this morning um, about a time when I had a, I had been again shopping, you might be seeing the issue here, um, and I'd bought myself a really nice jumper, I had a zip so it was practical, I had a hood so it was snuggly, you know, like this was this bright turquoise, because I love bright colours. And I got home and I put it on in the mirror and I was like, yes, it's such a good jumper, come on, I look great. And then I heard God say, give it away. A jumper. Can I just say, like, give away your money, fine, we understand that one. Give away your jumper. This is a little bit less obvious to me. So I thought, is, is that God or is that just me because I feel guilty? Because I've just bought a new jumper, maybe. The guilt's creeping in. And then I heard him say, give it to Rachel, who's one of my friends who was coming around that evening. So she came around for the evening and when she went to leave, which obviously shows you how willing I was to give away my jumper. <laughs> <laughs> I just I couldn't get the voice out of my head. I couldn't. God's still small voice. It's quite repetitive to me because I don't listen very well sometimes. And um, and I and I handed her the bag with the jumper and I just said, "This is really weird. I'm so sorry." Oh, for myself. <laughs> this God has told me to give you this, and I gave it to her, and she burst into tears. And I was okay. I just gave you a jumper. It's not that... I mean, it's good. I think it's good too, but it's not that good. And later on, she messaged me to say that until that moment, she had really struggled to understand God's grace. And I gave her something she didn't need, that she hadn't asked for, and she felt she didn't deserve. Guys, it was a jumper. And God showed his grace to her through that moment. That felt, at the time, like a big sacrifice to me, that jumper. I never bought myself anything particularly brand new. It had to be in the sale or from eBay. Like, I'm not. But look what it did in her life. That, that sacrifice, that choice that I had to make to face into what I felt God was saying. That's like, and I'm not saying that. That was like quite a long time ago. I had to search for a story <laughs> that I could tell, so I don't think I've got it sussed. But it's... Simplicity is a choice, but it's a sacrifice as well. 
He doesn't just say, sell your things. He says, then give the money to those who need it. Um, The opposite of simplicity is walking in our own way, thinking we can do it ourselves. If we're honest, how we live is not in such a way that we are following this discipline of simplicity. There is a, there's a quote, and I'm going to read it. I think it will, will come up. Um, written by an economist called Victor Lebeau, and it says, Our enormously productive economy demands that we make consumption our way of life, that we convert the buying and use of goods into rituals, that we seek our spiritual satisfactions, our ego satisfactions in consumption. And he goes on to say, the measure of social status, of social acceptance, of prestige is now to be found in our consumptive patterns. Who wants to guess when this was written? Anyone? What year do you think? If you know who Victor Lebeau is, don't say. (laughs) 1990s? Anyone? 70s? 30s? Okay, you're just saying all the years. Come on. (laughs) Cover them all and then one of us will be right. It was written in 1950. Victor Lebeau is an economist. And it was just after, five years after the war had ended. And this consumer society was being pumped. Because now we could flourish again. This, This consumerism that we live in now isn't an accident. And we've all bought into it. And we've bought into it, and it is ritual. Have you seen the shops on a Sunday? In fact, have you seen the shops any day? Have you heard, have you said, let's go on a shopping spree? Let's go and spend our money on things. And this has a further impact. I think simplicity has a further impact. I went to Rwanda when I was at college um, to go and learn about reconciliation uh, and it was amazing um, but one of the things that happened, this is another pair of shoes um, that I'm wearing with the Rwandan people that we, we had met and we met a family um, in, a, in a rural village and they were showing us their crop and things like that and um, then we went into their, their small house um, which was kind of just a room uh, made, I think, of just cement and stone and mud and things like that. And um, they showed us how they filter their water. Now, they used, they used to filter their water by boiling it on gas. Or on kerosene, I think they would, they would use, which causes a lot of fumes into the environment. Um, but then they heard about climate change. And do you know how they heard about climate change? Because their crops weren't growing because the weather was so unpredictable. And so the weather was so unpredictable that they needed to work harder all year round in order to feed their family, in order to sell their crops. So they took their daughter out of school to get her to work on the farm as well because they couldn't afford to have less hands working on the farm. And they changed their water filter to this water filter that it goes through kind of clay stones. I'm not a scientist, so... Some form of clay stone, which means they don't have to burn anything. 
They don't have to burn anything so that they don't ruin the environment. Who drove here today in a petrol car? Like, I mean, there, there's only a few other options at the moment, but who could have walked? I'm not, I don't do this to make us feel bad about ourselves, but it's this stark. Someone in Rwanda changed the way that they filtered their water, which would kill them otherwise, because they saw that it was affecting how they could live. How we live here and our lack of simplicity, it's a spiritual discipline, is affecting people all around the world. And as we heard in the prayers, 60% of wildlife has declined because of plastics in the ocean, because of our disposable nature, our consumers. Okay, I, I haven't got time to cook a proper dinner. I'm going to get one of those like microwave ones or what I particularly love is that tortellini that just takes two minutes. But I feel like it's a bit healthier than a microwave meal. It's probably not, but... Jesus didn't come so that we could just have this great life that was easy and quick and consumerist. He never told us it was going to be easy. He said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. In Isaiah it says that my ways are not your ways. God says, my ways are not your ways. Our lack of simplicity on a personal level is affecting our relationship with God. Because we are walking in the opposite direction to God. Our lack of simplicity on a worldwide level is affecting people's lives and how they can live, and how they can breathe, and how they can earn money, and how they can feed their family and send them to school. That moment in Rwanda broke my heart. And yet still, sometimes, I buy a plastic bottle. I, I just do something that's quick and easy for me, which makes me busier, because I'm rushing from one thing to the next thing. Simplicity is a choice and simplicity is a sacrifice. What are we going to sacrifice in our lives that we know that it's getting in, it's getting in the way of this beautiful relationship where Jesus looks at us and loves us and says, all you have to do to follow me is give up that stuff. Is that stuff better than Jesus? No. No. And it says in scripture, seek first the kingdom. And then you'll get all the other stuff. And you won't care about that other stuff, but you'll have what you need. Paraphrase, obviously. Simplicity is a choice. And simplicity is a sacrifice. And it is difficult. But when we know that it is Christ who sacrificed everything for us, looking us in the eye and saying, Choose my way. What are we going to choose? I have um, produced a little list of things that this week you might want to do. I haven't printed them on paper because I just talked about the environment. Um, so you should get them in an email. If you don't have email and you need them on paper, then come and chat to me and I'll get you some. Um, it's just a little list of things to help you think about this because I don't think in 20 minutes I can unpack simplicity. But what I can do is say... That simplicity is relationship with Jesus. 
It's relationship with God. Christianity isn't complicated. We've made it complicated, but it's not complicated. And so this list is to help us think about it further. Don't just go and go, oh, okay, now I need to get less shoes, a water bottle and a cup. Like, although those are on the list. <laughs> There's things... Make sure that after today it helps you to think about how you're doing things, what you are choosing, if it's busyness, if it's independence, if it's more things to put in your wardrobe so that when you open your wardrobe you think, oh, I have nothing to wear. Who has said that? More than once. The best bit about all of this is that Jesus looks at us and loves us. He doesn't condemn us. He just asks us to follow him. He asks us to give that stuff up and to follow him. There is no judgment in simplicity. It's a relationship with God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you call us into relationship with you. We thank you that you love us and that we can love you because you first loved us. That you look at us and you love us. And Lord, where we are entangled by things, by possessions, by money, by independence, by busyness, whatever it may be, Lord, you know what it is and you are speaking to us now about what that thing is. Would you help us to let go? Help us to let go of those things and walk with you. And where, Lord, we know that it's going to be a sacrifice, would you break into that moment and help us to use it to worship you? May our sacrifice be worship. And may you draw us closer to you as we journey through this discipline. In Jesus' name, amen.